Good morning. And welcome. This is your show, Kansas City. This is the Run It Back show with myself, Dusty Likens. A.K. Johnny Dangerous. That's a joke. That's not anywhere near my <laughs> nickname. That's just the name of this song. That laugh you hear is from Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride and one hell of a cook, Pete Sweeney. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Maybe you're not Johnny Dangerous. We mm. can go with Dusty Dangerous, can I like we? it. Yeah. We can go from the werewolf to dangerous. Werewolf by night, dangerous by day. The great Jay Binkley and, would have to sign off on oh, that, Oh, man. You know he's awake. That guy doesn't sleep. I sent him a video. He hasn't sent anything back yet. That's it. I feel like the dangerous thing people could take as a uh, as a shot at the Cleveland Browns. Right. Since, you know, everybody thinks everything is a shot at the Cleveland Browns these days, which we can get into that a little bit later. Taking things rather personally. It's just kind of like insecure, isn't it? It's getting to that point. Okay. It's getting to that point for sure. At least for me. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a yeah. little bit here. I don't know. I just feel like people don't like insecurity. It just turns them off. Just be yourself. Be real. Um, this is the Run It Back show on Kansas City Sports Radio Station 610 Sports Radio. Your only coverage uh, that is fully focused on the Chiefs playoff run as it is Pete, it's Wednesday. Man, right. I know people are like, oh, great. It's the middle Big of the day. week. Like, huge day. I mean, you get... First day of practice, it seems like this week is, is slowly dragging on. I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if it's because it's only 5.01 in the morning. Hmm. If it's because, you know, it's playoff week and you're just waiting for your team to uh, get started. You're ready for the playoffs to get going. But uh, a slow start to the week, but uh, not something that you really want to see the Chiefs do when it comes to, um, you know, the first game of the year. Uh, when it comes to the Chiefs and or the first game of the playoffs, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Browns, I think it's interesting because the narrative mm. that we try to hit on this is just a fast start. And I thought it was interesting that we're not the only ones that kind of think this. This is also from Good Morning Football as they had this to say yesterday. This is Kyle Brand on the Chiefs and what he truly believes uh, would be enough for the Browns to get past. How many points would the Browns have to be up at halftime for you to be like, that's a wrap? There's no way they should come back. I think it's 40. Yeah. I think if the Browns are up 35 to nothing at halftime, I would still give Kansas City a shot. 35? 35 to nothing. I still think Kansas City can go back. If it's 42 to nothing, it's a wrap. There's grown men on the Cleveland Browns side. You do know that, right? Okay. Well, we know that there's grown men that play football, so that's unnecessary. Good point. No, it was a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Here's the deal. I don't think Kyle Brandt's a homer. Obviously, he's not. I don't mm-hmm. think Peter Schrager's a homer. I don't think any of the people that do that show, any way, shape, or form, are Chiefs fans whatsoever I think that they're just honest and when we talk about a fast start this is something where and I think the last I think Jeff Schwartz tweeted this a couple days ago but in the last eight times that Andy Reid has had a bye he's came back and put up at least 31 points what that says to me is one that's troublesome for Cleveland Cleveland got off to a fast start against the Pittsburgh Steelers right, and almost blew that game. At one point, the Steelers got it back to eight points, and then it got you know out of hand, and then it was over from, from the jump after that. Here's the difference, okay? One, Pittsburgh was a team that was, I don't know, out of the, out of the you know football world the way that different egos took off in the middle of that season. 
the way the Chiefs are different is the Chiefs don't care about individual videos or <laughs> what their quarterback's future is. The Chiefs strictly care about literally running it back. It's all over town. There's fanny packs in our boss's office that say run it back. Right. They have coined it from the beginning of the year. The murals. Don't forget about the murals. Which are awesome. Like, right. that is legitimately awesome. Um, but the thing about this Chiefs team is I don't worry about a fast start. As much as we talk about it, I'm more so – I'm just intrigued on what kind of fast start it is because of the way that Andy Reid has time to prepare himself for this game, the way that Patrick Mahomes is probably chomping at the bit to get in there and play football. Right. Some people would say that bye weeks can hurt you because you've then sat back, you've you know, you've had some time off. I don't agree with that. I think the Chiefs are in line for a fast start, and I think when it comes to this Cleveland team, they've got to be prepared because Cleveland was given that playoff game. I know that sounds like a homer take or a bias take here in Kansas City at this you know, time of the season, but a snap over the head where their quarterback had no care in the world to get that ball back. And all of a sudden we were watching it last night doing the show with Binkley from six to nine at Bink at night. And the Browns were up 28 to zero with four minutes left to go in the first quarter. That's how a game is over. So it is imperative that the Chiefs get off to a fast start. I'm not worried about it. And I like that Kyle Brandt's having fun where he's like, I think 40 to nothing at halftime would be dangerous. And he goes on and on. If you want to go look at it, it's all over Twitter. But they were up, they were down twenty four to zero last year at home, and then they ran out of fireworks because they went on a fifty one to seven run. Right, right. I think where this comes from is twofold. It's the Browns on Sunday night, and the fact that they were up twenty eight to nothing, and at one point in this game, it became a twelve point game. And then you look at last year with the Kansas City Chiefs run, and in each and every game, at one point they were down by ten. And I think it's further magnified by the idea that, okay, so let's say in this hypothetical scenario, because as you mentioned, it is Wednesday, we have time to kill before this game on Sunday at 2.05 p.m. As we think hypothetically about this game, how many points would it take? And why is that magnified? I believe it's because the Browns offer this world championship running back backfield. Now, there might not be anything that is necessarily world championship about them but the backfield. But if they are able to get a lead on the Chiefs, especially with the Chiefs banged up running back core, you have Anthony Hitchens coming back after missing a couple weeks with COVID. Willie Gay is banged up. There's a scenario where maybe the Browns could take some time off the clock. Now, you need a lead for that to happen. And I think that's why this is a talking point because it is imperative that we don't look at the Cleveland Browns like they're the Cleveland Browns. It is imperative that the Chiefs start faster than last year because you don't want to be in a scenario where you allow the Cleveland Browns to run the football and take time off the clock. The last time the Chiefs lost was to the Raiders in Week 5, and what happened in that game? To me, the time just ran out on the Chiefs. If they had a five, six extra minutes in that game, we're probably talking about a potential undefeated season. So don't put yourself in the same scenario. That, to me, is why this has become such a storyline middle of the week. I think it's interesting as well because Pete, you'd agree with this. I believe you, I mean, there's nobody else that covers this team. I think more, um, thorough. Would you say that's not the word I wanted a better word, but I'm just going to fail. So you go ahead and take it from me. (laughs) Sure. Um, then yourself. Thank you. And I don't worry about the chiefs being prepared or being off to a fast start when it comes to this game. 
The only thing I worry is if something drastic were to happen, like an injury or anything that is in that realm. Hmm. But the way this team has played all year, I don't necessarily worry about that. The only thing I worry about is, you know, where guys are mentally. That's the only thing. And I don't think that that has anything to worry about because I think this team is so just eager to run it back and to get back to the Super Bowl. And I think that's where this team eventually gets. Um, but the one thing that's going to be important is is the status of Clyde Edwards-Elair. We talked about it today. It's where they're going to talk. And and they've already made some roster moves that you're familiar with that that seem kind of important. Yeah, that's one thing we'll be watching today. And it's so huge because there have been some question marks surrounding the injuries of this Chiefs team. And this afternoon, we'll post it on ArrowheadPride.com. I'm sure you'll see it all over Twitter. We'll get our first injury report leading into this game. And to me, Clyde's a big part of that. Tyreek Hill and his status is a big part of that. Same thing with Sammy Watkins. We'll see about some other guys. But that is certainly something to watch as we get into Wednesday afternoon. When we go to Tuesday night, there were a couple roster moves worth talking about. Marcus Kemp is back on the practice squad, spent some time with Miami. He's important when it comes to special teams and that depth. And here's an interesting one. Why is he so important to the special teams? Well, he plays on all four units. He's right. a four-phase special team starter. So if you have, for example, a Dorian O'Daniel, who I – believe will be the 53rd player right now the Chiefs roster is at 53 he goes down and you need somebody in a quick pinch Marcus Kemp is there to fill in in that particular scenario something like that so it's really just special teams depth kind of boring when you're thinking about the major storylines of this game but I thought this one was interesting Jordan Tamu to the practice squad spoke about this a little bit last night on TV I think this is twofold I think Jordan Tamu the XFL St. Louis Battlehawk led the league in completion percentage led in rushing yards for a quarterback. I think the Chiefs like him as a potential backup QB of the future. When I think about the Chiefs and I think about Patrick Mahomes and everything that he does, I like the idea of Ta'amu over what would be a Chad Henney or a Matt Moore filling in in a pinch like we just talked about. If Mahomes goes down, he can do some of the things that Mahomes does when you watch him on film. And he's 23. He's two years younger than Patrick Mahomes. Another part of this, to me, Jordan Ta'amu, week three, when he was with the Chiefs on the practice squad before they released him in late October, played Lamar Jackson at practice. I don't know if this necessarily means the Chiefs think that the Ravens are going to knock off the Bills, but if they do and you're able to take care of business on Sunday, you suddenly have your scout team quarterback in Jordan Ta'amu that can play Lamar Jackson, and I don't really think there's a ton of other Chiefs that could do it. And so it's a twofold move that, again, is a deep roster move, and it's just part of the strategy that goes into preparing for the NFL playoffs. And let's see if Tomu can stick on the 90-man and how he does in the next calendar year. I know this is unfair, but do you think Clyde's ready to play? So the last time we had an opportunity to speak with the assistant coaches a, a few weeks back, we got to talk to running backs coach Dylan McCullough. Uh. And McCullough, he said he had run into Clyde after the injury, and he was shocked by how he was moving and how he was doing. What I think, and I, what I kind of know from getting to speak with Clyde for the last couple months and, and this season since he's been drafted, is he is working his butt off to get back. Right Now, whether that translates to being ready for a high ankle in a faster amount of time remains to be seen. I mean, one thing I, I know from talking to guys who do this rehab stuff is a lot of it is what you put into it. So I think... He's working to get back, and I think it's an important game for him because while he was absent, it didn't feel like Le'Veon Bell 
really, in a sense, to the maximum point, grab the bull by the horns. I think the the Chiefs really could use Clyde back and and use him in the passing game more so than we saw in the regular season, which could be a nice changeup for the Cleveland Browns when they visit Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. I think he's more important than people are giving credit for. I think that being a rookie is a little different for most. I think it's a little bit more so like maybe he didn't blow people away enough this year the way that Kareem Hunt did because I know there was a lot of player comps to Kareem Hunt, but I think he is important to the success of this team because of how talented he is and the option that he gives Patrick Mahomes and the th- and the fact that you have to worry about him on the field. I think that right. Le'Veon Bell has still got a lot of miles left in his body. I think he's a good asset to this team. And I'm not saying that one's better than the other, but what I would say is, most importantly, is that with Clyde Edwards on this team, without a doubt, no questions asked, he makes this team better. And I get it. Le'Veon Bell is the vet. He's the experienced one. He looked really good in that Week 15 game. But when it comes to Clyde Edwards-Elair, he just gives you so many more options with this offense. And I know there's a, there was a couple guys yesterday on this station that said they're not worried if he doesn't come back. And I think that's absolutely atrocious. I think that he in this game makes the best offense in the NFL that much better. And I just don't understand why the value of Clyde. And I get it. That's the big question is everybody wants to know, does right. Mitchell Schwartz play or what's the status well, on Mitchell Schwartz? And then the other status is what about Clyde? And I think that if Clyde Edwards-Elair is ready to go, I mean, that's where I'm at when it comes to roster moves and information today is I'm solely focused, and I don't know because of you know how the Chiefs can be with the information they give. I don't know if we'll get a solidified answer, but I'm interested to see where, where they have him currently on this roster. Well, it could be a potential Sammy Watkins role. We saw Sammy Watkins really take yeah. off in last year's playoffs, and he is an injury that we're monitoring as well. Don't forget, he missed the last couple of weeks with dealing with the calf. And... This is where it becomes important because your primary targets when you're Patrick Mahomes are Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Sometimes you don't see teams that could properly defend these guys until the postseason. We did last postseason. And then where do you go? you got to go to other options. And I think that's part of the reason Sammy Watkins had such a good postseason last year and earned his playoff Sammy nickname, as they like to call him. Yeah, Clyde could be that guy for you where – Maybe Hill is tied up. Maybe they're doing something with with Travis where they're bracketing him off, and all of a sudden you need to go to your third option. And I don't want to call it check down because Patrick Mahomes screams everything but check down. But there are the types of routes where you could run into the flat, where you could run certain screen things with Clyde to kind of check that a little bit. And it helps your offense tick. And for that reason and that reason probably alone, we will be watching and monitoring what happens for running back one later today. Sammy Watkins is a little bit of a uh, important factor in our topic coming back from break. Um, I feel like Cleveland's really stretching here when it comes to giving themselves motivation. This is the Run It Back Show. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the Run It Back Show, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you for listening. I hope you're having a safe Wednesday morning. Middle of the week, big week. Hump day. It is, man. It's also media day. Right. Big chance for uh, some information to come out um, about uh, about who's, who's healthy, who's not. A lot of questions. This is the time of year where the friends I don't talk to, Pete, 
mm. coming out of the woodwork. And yeah. hey, what have you heard about Clyde Edwards Elaire? You think I know anything? Like you, <laughs> you think that they're? You think I got a hook? What are they playing DFS or they're just yeah. worried about the Chiefs game? No, they just. It's funny. They just get nervous. Like they're the, they're the overreactors and the. Uh, you know, hey, have you heard anything about Clyde or what's well, your? What's everybody your... just remembers how fun last year was. I mean, oh, we yeah. want this ride to continue. We, of course, here on the Run It Back Playoff Show, want mm-hmm. the ride to continue. We are on what from five to six a.m. as long as the Chiefs are still alive. That's all I care about. So the second they burn out that torch, like they do on Survivor, Drive is spoken. We're, we're off the air. So of course we're rooting for that as well. Well, we don't know if we're off the air, but I mean, probably. Yeah, let's be honest. 90, 99-ish. I mean, we could just keep coming in here and acting like the Chiefs aren't in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> big. Oh, I thought this was like a whole thing just to see what happens. Nobody wants to listen to Welcome to, to the Royals Fad Fest show. Yeah. Are we doing like a, a Denny Matthews there? I don't know. It was I liked like it. a cousin. Um, so this out of Cleveland, the Browns didn't have to wait long to get their fire lit this week heading into the second-round playoff game in Kansas City. Uh, Sunday at 2 o'clock, Chiefs receiver Sammy Watkins pulled a choo-choo Smith-Schuster. No, I mean... What? Did he? Come on, let's let's I mean, hear it out. And gave the Browns some bulletin board no. material. Another cliche. No. Uh, to help them get their game faces on for the defending, reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs who went 14-2 and this season. Technically 14-1, week 17 doesn't count. While watching the first quarter of the Browns, 48-37 victory of the Steelers on Sunday night, Watkins tweeted, <laughs> this is a video game with what's going on. This is, I'm speechless, pretty sure the whole world is shocked because I've never seen anything like this in my life, not in the NFL. Looked like he used the embarrassed emoji three times in a he row did. after that. He used the uh, rosy red cheeks, mm. uh, the rosacea underrated emoji. emoji. Underrated emoji. Very underrated, except I do suffer from rosacea, so I find it a little bit uh, offensive. Rude. Yeah, very uh, yeah. offensive. Yeah. But, and then somebody tweets back, looks like we got some competition next week. And then Sammy Watkins says, I wouldn't go that far. Mm. This is where we're at, Pete. Okay. (laughs) This is, for those of you that don't understand the term, jumping the shark. This is exactly what Cleveland is doing for ways to look at this game because their crystal ball is clear. And it says, next week you play the Chiefs. They're pretty damn good, and you're going to play them in Arrowhead, and you're going to have to travel for a second straight week. There's going to be 16,000 fans there that are going to be more than any other stadium in the NFL right now, maybe. I know Tennessee said they did, but whatever you want to do per seat. Pete, this is too much, man. Like, this isn't any – like, this is just a tweet of somebody saying, (laughs) wow, this is crazy that there's 28 points and there's still four minutes left in the first quarter. It's not like he went chase Claypool and said, oh, they're about to get clapped next week. Nobody's doing that. It's just Cleveland making up false narratives. Yeah, I think you got to start here. To be fair, Mary Kate Cabot does a great job. She's basically like what would be the Kansas City star, the Herbie T.O.P. of Cleveland.com. Really nice work. It, it also is a Tuesday, and like they are in Cleveland, they're waiting for these guys to start talking a little bit about this game on Wednesday. So a little bit of a filler story here. But at the same time, to go – and do an entire write-up on not a tweet that you could see. You have to go to twitter.com slash Sammy Watkins or whatever his name is, King Me, and you got to go to the replies, and then you have to see him responding to a random fan simply saying, 
look, we got some competition next week. A Chiefs fan saying we got some competition in the Browns next week. As they're watching Sunday night football like regular fans, and Sammy simply replies, "Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. That is not worthy of Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on logos or doing a TikTok or saying the Browns is the Browns. Right. Not even close. It no. is a simple back and forth with the fan, probably jabbing the fan a little bit, getting them hyped up for the game. I applaud Sammy Watkins, and this is by far way, way, way too far-fetched, and it's not even close, in my opinion, to the comparison at all. It's terrible. It's just a stretch. It's a, re- is it, it's a reach, isn't it? Or is a it huge, not a reach? A huge reach, and it feels very desperate to find right. some sort of bulletin board material because as you listen to Andy Reid, as you listen to Patrick Mahomes on the drive, 2.15 p.m. Nice. every Monday, he's not going to provide that bulletin board material. The Chiefs are never going to provide that bulletin board material. So if you got to reach into the replies to find that motivation, I, I'd say by all means enjoy. Right? I just, yeah, I just, I'm ready for the Chiefs to turn heel. I don't know what it is. I'm it's just not for- good. I don't think it happened. I don't think it happens this year, this playoff run. But if they win the title, it'll almost be forced upon them. There oh. is going to be some serious cheese fatigue if they're able to repeat, and then they're Please. going after the three-peat in oh. 2021. I want Mahomes to come out next year, the first game, like Hogan at Bash at the Beach. For those of you that don't understand that reference, just go YouTube it. <laughs> yes. That's just that's, that's what, what I want Mahomes to do. Hulk Hogan, red and gold for years. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, decides to put on some black garb, mm. and he turned his back on the fans. On his best Everyone friend. Everyone knows, knows who Hulk Hogan is. Oh, yeah. Right? He's a terrible person, but he did a leg drop on Macho Man Randy Savage. Rest in peace. Probably the most historic wrestling moment of all time. I think so. Um, so John Dorsey, he get credit for both these teams? <laughs> I mean, it feels like... I think like, he deserves a little bit, right? Yeah, it feels a little bad. What I, is I don't the know. percentage of credit that he deserves in what will be... That's high. That's not. That's high. He went out and got Odell Beckham to the Browns. He drafted... He, <laughs> Which they, have, they haven't had a need for since he was injured earlier this that year. That we've seen from a play standpoint, but he might have changed the morale in that locker room. Mm. He brought Kareem what, Hunt in. he handed money out Did to he not bring Browns? Kareem Hunt in? What? Did he bring Kareem Hunt in? Sure, look... Did he go get Baker and give him a chance? Yeah. And then you have to think about Denzel who, Ward. Yeah. Who drafted Mahomes? I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I know, I know it, it goes back and forth in Kansas city. I think he yeah. set the foundation in Kansas city. To me, he had more to do with what was like that magnificent seven where they really reversed course. I mean, to go, what was it? Two and 14 to 11 and five in the course of an off season right. is incredible. Drafting Travis Kelsey, drafting Eric Fisher, who have still been here since 2013. I think all that. I think it was a the setting the foundation. I and I I think teams should be careful with with Dorsey when they're thinking about maybe hiring him as a, a GM, just putting the things in place so he's able to manage it with the cap and so on. I, yeah. I I think he deserves a third chance for what he's been able to do with these two franchises, setting the foundation. But uh, you're right. I think in a sense you can't talk about this game without at least muttering his name. I mean, it's going to come up. Whether it comes up pregame, midgame, some sort of way, it's going to come up. Um, something that came up yesterday, which I find kind of different. I know Jay Binkley was really passionate about this, about, <laughs> about Eric Bieniemy. He said that Bieniemy should give two uh, two single gun salutes to the Houston Texans franchise. But this is from, to me, 
the best player in their franchise history, which is a very young franchise day. But Andre Johnson says this yesterday. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack Esterby was walking to the building, nothing good has happened in mm. slash for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what is going on. Pathetic. <laughs> That's what he. That's what Andre Johnson, who was probably one of the quietest human beings in the NFL, one of the best receivers I've ever seen, Cortland Finnegan's worst nightmare, and he's out here defending Deshaun Watson, saying that there's I want out, and now to bring this into a Chiefs conversation, now the Houston Texans yeah. are coming out saying, you know what, we'd like to talk to Eric Bieniemy, we'd like to give him a chance. Well, you can't until the Super Bowl is over, that bye week between the Super Bowl, or until the Chiefs are <laughs> out of the playoffs. Right. And it's like there's some people that are saying Bieniemy should give them middle fingers and tell them to, you know, right. you know what rhymes with with truck off. And there's other people like myself that are like, well, if Bieniemy goes and gets a job interview with the Houston Texans, he is now playing with house money and has them backed into a corner and can say, if you're going to hire me, I want this, 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 and this done. And if that's not the case, bye. I think we've seen in Kansas City that the GM and the head coach work best when they're in lockstep. And so that immediately is a concern. It does feel a little bit too little too late when but it comes can to you the Houston say no? Texans. Well, that's the question. I think there's sometimes confusion like, Eric Bieniemy is definitely going to be a future head coach. Well, these jobs and getting them, they it isn't necessarily an every year thing. They work in windows, man. We've seen it with Dave Tobe in right. Kansas City. Dave Tobe went through a period where for a couple of years he was getting interviewed and then that window slammed shut. Very quickly. And we haven't heard anything about that. So in a great world, in a world where we know in Kansas City Eric Bieniemy deserves his head coaching job, I don't know if you can necessarily turn down a job offer from the Houston Texans. I don't know if you can necessarily turn down a job offer from what would be the Philadelphia Eagles, where it seems like Howie Roseman, the GM has all the control because you can't let that window shut on you. You right. can't because if you missed your window and this will now be 12 or 13 job interviews that Eric yeah. Bieniemy has had as much as we hope and we dream and we love Eric Bieniemy in Kansas city, you can't allow that opportunity to go out the window. And I think that's what I worry about. I like the Texans job and I like the Chargers job for him because the quarterback is in place. But I, I do for think now. he needs to investigate the situation as well. That to me, seems like the worst thing that could happen to be enemy is they hire him and then the Deshaun Watson thing. But I don't think, I don't think if be enemy takes that job, Deshaun Watson goes anywhere. Uh, this is the run it back show. 610 sports radio, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney, we just kind of blasted the Houston Texans, but we all remember who really blasted the Houston Texans last year, a year ago, yesterday. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs need a game-flipping play of some sort. Now to kick away. Cole Hartman takes it at the one-yard line. Now veers to the right side. He gets to the 20, 25, 30. He's got a block. He's up the sideline and all the way down to the Houston 25-yard line. A 58-yard return. One play at a time, baby. Let's go. One at a time. Middle blitz picked up. Left side throw. Caught. 10-5. Touchdown. Damian Williams. Touchdown. Kansas City on a quick shoot route to the running back. How you pop it off? 24-7 Houston, 8.32 to go, second quarter. That's a fake punt. They fake the right side and tackle. Short of the first down. Great play. Mahomes takes the snap. 
steps up, being pressured, fires it late, top pass, he dies, touchdown! The Kansas City Chiefs have scored two touchdowns in a span of two minutes. No, Returnable type kick, pooched up there at the goal line, taken by Carter at the 15, veers to the right, gets his 20, falls out, picked up by Thompson, Thompson 15 to the 10, he's down to the 8-yard line, game on at Arrowhead. 24-14 Houston, 6.39 to go second quarter, sprint out action to the right side, Mahomes holding it, holding it, now fires it late, Kelsey gets into the end zone, turning his left shoulder, touchdown, Kansas City, 20 in lightning fashion. Hey, energy, energy, energy. Out to the left side. He's holding it. He's going to try to hold it. Throws it late. And it's caught. Touchdown. The Chiefs take the lead. Kelsey gargling in the sweet nectar of the end zone. Gargling in the sweet nectars of the end zone from one Mitch Holtis there, Pete. Chiefs.com on that sights and sounds, remembering when the divisional round last year, when the Chiefs went down 24 to nothing, you blink, and in the same half, it is 28 to 24. Were you doubting them at that time? Oh, God. Uh, So I talked about this last night with Jay, because I remember exactly where I was, um, as this is coining the uh, the bit that we currently have. Um, So I was in that studio. Uh, watching the game with Jay Binkley, Arrowhead Prides, Kent Swanson, and I believe yourself. No? Mm. I yeah. Was, yeah. You, yeah. I was I was probably the, the quietest of the three yeah, at the time. So I was uh, doing a lot of pre- and post-game. That was the first year in my like sports broadcasting career with this radio station where I was given a pretty big role with covering this team, going to press conferences, <laughs> like cutting highlights, making sure pre- and post-game was going good. We're doing Arrowhead Pride radio together. That's where you and I kind of built our relationship. And... I remember that was when I kind of was just like, this is BS, man. Like, this is not how Mm. this season's supposed to end. Plus, I'm getting texts from my dad, who got his heart ripped out his entire life by John Elway. My friends, who are melodramatic, they're all like, I can't believe this is happening. And then all of a sudden, Jay Binkley tells me I cannot leave the studio because stuff starts to change. Mm. Then all of a sudden, Kent Swanson starts... This this like <laughs> bully mentality to the TV, right, like calling some, people was, out. Tell, there was some anger at the television. Everybody yeah. just kind of let it go, and then all of a sudden it's twenty four to fourteen. They run the fake punt, and they don't get it. And you hear the audio as Dan Sorensen's there, and I think to myself, "There's a chance." And then they go on the fifty one to seven run, and all of a sudden the PA announcer goes. Attention, Arrowhead, we are officially out of fireworks. And that's when I knew that this team was different and it was special. Well, the craziest thing about it to me was that it was impossible not to feel like the Chiefs were going to get blown out at home at the beginning. I, I, I don't care as much as you are a fan of this team, there was that lingering pit feeling in your stomach that, oh, no, this was happening again. And the beauty of it, I think, and this is an identity thing for that team in 2019 as we run it back on the run it back playoff show, is that not only did they win the football game, they won in a blowout. 51 to 31, if you don't know anything about the game, is a blowout in the NFL. You would have never known that they were down 24 nothing in this game. I don't think it's a scenario that they want to repeat in this year's divisional round, but that'll always be a memory for Chiefs fans, a forever memory 
as someone who follows his team. Well, to answer the question, I think it was over 100%. I thought this was, again, because Me here's too. the thing. I Me thought too. I, I'll admit it. Me too. Because I thought I was a curse. Because the two oh. previous years, I was at the Titans' loss, mm. and I was at the Pittsburgh' loss. Right. And I was like, here we go again. I'm not even at the game this year, but I was at the game last. The two previous years, press box, press box, loss, loss. And the reason I was so devastated is because ESPN's beat writer for the Chiefs, Adam Teicher, even after they lost to Pittsburgh, he was like, this is a terrible way to end the season, covering mm-hmm. this team. And I never really understood it until the year that they played the Texans where I was like, there is a, and you know more than anybody, there is a lot that goes on covering this Chiefs football team. Like, you think to yourself, come on, it's 16 weeks. It's more than 16 weeks of games. It is a full-on job, and it takes a lot out of you from starting in St. Joe to going throughout the season right. when things start on Wednesday, then you got to go put up on Thursday, then Friday. So, I mean, it, yeah, I thought I it was do, over. I do it with ArrowheadPride.com. What's, what has happened a lot, and, you know, last year was such a blessing, is you, you're right. You, you cover the draft. You talk to the draft picks. You do rookie camp. You do all these offseason camps. Obviously a little bit different this year right. in the year of COVID, but you do all this. And typically for 31 other teams, it's over in a flash. You right. blink and you're like, Wow, I just spent eight or nine months doing that for another loss. And that was so awesome about last year is they never lost. I think I'm a snow game guy. I don't know why, but I kind of like it. Everybody, everything, everything's super slow, and I'm just like out here just like standing straight in the pocket, just like whoop, whoop. <laughs> I love that clip. It's so great. And the reason we play that is because there's a lot of significance with that clip because – you don't have to worry about snow this Sunday at Arrowhead. Like, Friday's going to suck in Kansas City, but Sunday, they're looking at, like, a high of 41 with a low of 29. So, you're normally seeing your high temperatures hit around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, 205 is a kickoff. But that's not where it concerns Mm-mm. anybody. No. The weather forecast in Buffalo for Sunday is murky, snow, dis- disgusting weather. <laughs> <laughs> and just, and not Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson has never played in the snow. And it makes me think to myself, this is the most important game of the weekend. Not Chiefs first Browns, um, because I don't think the Chiefs lose. I don't think there's a, a possibility where the Chiefs can lose. I think it could be a tough game. I think it'd be a, a game where for the first two and a half quarters, you're kind of sitting there like, okay, like, let's go. Like, what's going on here? Get the engine revved up. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the fourth quarter, you're like, oh, they won 35 to 21. Okay, I don't really know what's exactly. going on here. This Bills-Ravens game, the fact that Lamar hates the snow, the fact that he's never played a pro game in the snow, we're about to see a different type of football, and it's Josh Allen, it's Lamar Jackson, and that's what's so great when you think about these things that Patrick Mahomes does at quarterback. Yes, he's got the t- the titanium arm, he's got the knowledge, he's got the vision, he's got the just skill set. Right. But he has no issue in snow. And here is Lamar Jackson playing in probably, not probably, he is playing in the biggest game of his NFL career. And there's a chance for snow, and that's gonna be in the back of his mind. This is gonna be a great weekend of football. Oh you, man. You have some of the best teams in the league left. This is usually what happens when you get to this divisional round weekend. And I'm looking forward to that game. It's actually at seven 15 on Saturday night. So this is not something where anyone really has work tomorrow. You can sit back and enjoy it. The pressure's off until Sunday with the chiefs. And you see, mean we don't have to get up at 4 a.m. That's well, correct. 30, that's 30. correct. I mean, you can, if, we can, if you want, I'm good. All right. So I'm looking forward to this and it is a fascinating storyline and credit to Lamar Jackson. Cause 
people get on him a little bit, but he's usually just completely honest at the press conference, which is someone in the media you could really appreciate. And he, he basically said, I don't want to play in the snow. Right. I don't want to go to Buffalo and play in the snow. This is a Florida guy. He ended up going to Louisville for college. I know that especially because there was a college clip of him jumping over a Syracuse player, but that's for another day and another story. I'm interested in seeing how he performs because this is clearly the biggest game of his career coming off his first playoff win. And I tend to think like I I'm maybe in the minority here, but I think the chiefs are way better than the Buffalo bills. I think your best possible AFC title matchup would actually be chiefs and Ravens. This is the Ravens team. In my opinion, that we're seeing now that we expected last year. So who knows if the snow throws them off? I think he said in a press conference, I believe it was yesterday is, you know, he saw snow for the first time at Louisville, but that was a snowball. This is a football game where it's his job to win. And it's Buffalo and everybody there is used to this kind of weather. Right. They, they get off in this weather. Like that's what Buffalo is. That's why when people are like, Hey, you got drafted by the bills. They're mm. like, crap. That means in October, it's going to be like 24 degrees. Except Marshawn Lynch. Did you ever hear that story? Where he, he loved it. He, no, he, well, initially when he was drafted, yeah. he, he thought he was headed to the big city. This right. is New York. Okay. Um, and, and he gets to Buffalo. And he goes, no, you're no upper Northeast. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York. Yeah. What are you talking about? I love Marshawn Lynch. And, and yeah, it, it, it is a a certain type of identity to that city. I think Allen fits it, and like I said, I, I'm interested in this game. I think it's going to be one of the better games of the weekend. It's the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. you got to get off to a fast start in these early mornings, and so do the Chiefs. And also, we get you set up for the guys of Fesco in the morning coming up right after us here on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the Run It Back Show. We get you set up here. Just in 10 minutes, you get the guys from Fesco in the morning. Fesco, Kling, Wachowski. I don't know, I haven't seen Wachowski yet. I assume he's here. There's, he's going to be popping in. He had a hell of a you know sandwich that. last night. You see that? He had that sand, chicken sandwich on a brioche. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not on the Woodkowski sandwich beat. Okay. But well, I am. And it I, I'll have damn to check good. it out now that you've you've mentioned it. Yeah, he had some potato wedges, pepper jack cheese, brioche buns. Pete, let the people know what they can get into today. Great day on 610 Sports Radio. We got Joe Mays at 815. I'll join the guys and on the drive at 3. Rich Gannon, the MVP, at 430. AP Radio ends the day at 6. I'll be back with Jay Binkley. So a huge day on 610 Sports Radio. We start with the running back playoff show. It just continues talking about Chiefs-Browns storylines all day leading into 2.05 p.m. Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. The divisional round, the first step of what will be the run it back effort to get to Tampa, back to Florida. Another another Florida Super Bowl. Is it is it too much to ask for the Chiefs to just get out there, go up twenty one to nothing, shut the door, sit back and relax? <laughs> I feel like we just haven't had that in a while. I get it, it's like it happened. While. It was kind of like that in the Tampa Bay game where Tyree Kill just went absolutely off. And had, what, seven catches, seven targets, 206, and two touchdowns, and then did the Shannon Sharp. They need more help. Right. I feel like that's the Chiefs game that we need. Like, that's the Chiefs game that we're ready to see. And that, to me, is it's not important for the Chiefs necessarily to get out to a fast start because I worry they would lose if they don't. To me, it's more so, like, fit all of the of the cliches that are Chiefs when it comes to Andy Reid off a bye. You got a first-round bye. Like, you don't want to fit that that – 
nasty cliche where it's like, well, they didn't play for two weeks. Now they're tired and bored and they're not the same team. It's like, don't be a boob. Just, you know, don't say those type of things if it doesn't go your way. But even like 17 nothing when it's like, Take this team that is stretching on bulletin board material with the Kareem Hunt, it's personal. Right. The article that was written that Sammy Watkins is saying stuff that doesn't make sense to us at all. It's like, just go out there, go up 17 nothing, sit back, relax, and just coast through the game. That's, to me, why it's important for the quick start. Much like I think I was sick of Bill's mania coming into the playoffs, Brown's mania over the past few days. Yeah has come more into my mind. Like I'm less focused on bills in just what you're saying, where Kareem hunt is going on to Instagram and saying it's personal, the stretching of trying to find any possible bulletin board material with Sammy Watkins. Like we talked about this idea that Joe Thomas is going on TMZ sports. He's, yeah. he's excited. His entire year, his entire career was losing with the Cleveland Browns and says, yeah. Oh, the Browns are going to upset the Kansas city chiefs. Notice none of that is coming out of Kansas city. Never. It's just business, business, business. I think that's going to continue when you get to hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid today. I don't expect any type of flashy quotes, just we're going to go to work. We're going to try to do this. And I, I think you're right. It's almost like you are you have a little sibling, like a little brother or something, and they just accomplish something and they want to brag all around the house. Right. I'm still your older brother. This is our conference. This is our divisional round to win. This is our destiny to get back to defend our title in Tampa. I think this is why the Chiefs will become hated, right? Because they don't give you any reason Mm. to not be liked other than the fact that they're just that much damn better than everybody else and everyone knows it. I think the the best way to coin it is I like, like I want the Chiefs to become uh, Maxwell James Friedman from AEW. (laughs) And I just want them to come out next year and to just be like, we're better than you and you know it. Well, if you notice, there is, I think, a switch that flips for Patrick Mahomes, and it never happens in a press conference, which is why he, I, I think he's so liked. But when he's on the field, oh yeah, he jaws back and forth with these guys. That flex that he did after the Titans run oh, yeah. last year, you know there are times when he's feeling himself, counting to four. You see earlier this week, PFF says since week nine, Baker Mayfield is slightly ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. Mahomes, of course, sees that. He's not going to even address it, but he, of course, sees it. He, he watches SportsCenter. He watches all these games. He's watching all the games over the weekend. When he, he had a pass caught over him on that try by Sammy Watkins, he says, I'm going to be on You Got Mossed. He wouldn't know the specific segment on ESPN if he isn't this nut that knows what everybody's talking about, and it motivates him, and that's the beauty of Patrick Mahomes, and I think we see it again on Sunday against the Browns. I think what really gives the Browns – the way that they are right now, where they want to say that no one gives us gives us a chance, they're playing this, is because you see this every year. You see that team that makes it to this round that no one thought could. But to me, of course, like we said yesterday, I think the Browns' end-all, be-all goal was to, like everybody's, is to win a Super Bowl. Right. But again, I think this year, when you look at the four teams that remain in the playoffs, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Browns, I think the Browns' main goal this year was to just get to the playoffs. That was their goal. Baltimore's, I think, was to get at least to the AFC Championship game, possibly a Super Bowl because they had a really damn good year last year and they brought back the reigning MVP. Buffalo's, I think, was to get a deep run in the playoffs and the Chiefs was to run it back. And yes, Cleveland does match up well with the Chiefs, but here's the thing about the Chiefs and Cleveland is 
Cleveland fits that cliche that your dad tells you all the time. Play like you've been there before. And Cleveland's not doing that. And, no. and here we are Wednesday. This is the big day where practice begins and, and everything starts to kind of fit, you know, the, the, the way that it should for the rest of the week. And here's Cleveland out here doing this. And I've told you this before, Pete. There's nothing that gets the Chiefs more ready to play than just an unnecessary reason to fire them up. The NFL countdown's right. top 100. The Bears drafting Trubisky. You know, the Ravens being the favorite and early in the season. And the Chiefs just come out, and it's like they don't play to their competition. They play to what pisses them off. And if Cleveland's out here doing all this, and you can bait the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are just so well-polished when it comes to these types of questions and these types of responses that they're not going to give you any of that. And that, to me, is what's so great. And with them getting off to a fast start and getting back into that mode where people are like, Okay, the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs never went anywhere. They went 14-1 with the biggest target on their back, and they did it with the best offense in the league. And now they're going to play Cleveland, a team that thinks that they're out of it, ahead before the game even starts, so they're using all this fake mantras type of stuff, and the Chiefs are ready for it. The timeline is very 2013 Chiefs for the Browns, where, remember, before Alex Smith came, a lot of folks were just hoping, oh, we want to just be a playoff team again. The Browns going into the Pittsburgh Steelers game, in a sense, were playing with house money because they had made the playoffs once again. That is all that they wanted to accomplish this year. Let's get back to being a playoff team. So they were able to win the game against the Steelers. Now it is more house money than even going into that game. And let's just see how they deal with facing who is the best team in the NFL, the best team certainly in the AFC. Well, Pete, you got a busy day today, man. Long day. Yesterday was my big day. Today's your big day. Got AP Radio at 7 o'clock tonight. Got the guys in the drive and all that as well today at 3. What time are you on with the drive? I'll be on it at 3 o'clock. Yeah. That's right. You got Bob Fesco. You got Josh Klingler who just said hello to me. I love it. God, I've missed you, Kling. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've missed that salute. I'm glad you're doing well with yourself these days. Wachowski, Bob, Kling. Pete, you need to go check out Wachowski's sandwich last night, man. It looked dynamite. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Brioche bun, pepper jack cheese, potato wedges. It's the guys from Fesco in the morning, Joe Mays, 815. You know he played football, and you know he's getting you ready for a Chiefs playoff run. I'm Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. It's Run It Back. Take care, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.